56-yarder. It's got, no, does not have the leg. And Chris Davis takes it in the back of the end zone. He'll run it out to the 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45. There it goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Whoa, he has trouble with the snap. And the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State. Jalen wants Jackson. And he scores. Ready. Snap. Good to hold on. Welcome on this fine Saturday afternoon in Boone, North Carolina to the 90.5 WASU Game Day Show. I'm your host, Lucas Warren, and I'm joined on this Game Day Show by Nick Goodman and Andrew Travers. Guys, how are we doing on this game day in Boone? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I um, just got a wrap up, ended up wrapping up volleyball yesterday. There was a couple game th- games Thursday and Friday against Old Dominion. Um, it was fun calling that, but I'm going to be doing sideline today, which is something I'm looking forward to doing. And hopefully App State could just have a normal football game. That'd be nice. Yeah, be ho- nice. I'm, that's what I'm hoping for right now. Yeah, just a little side note, Nick. I was actually uh, watching that volleyball game yesterday. I was at work uh, and figured, you know, why, might as well put on some App State sports while I was working. So saw you and Bobby down there calling the game uh, courtside there at the home center. But, yeah, I'm doing great today. I'm going to be on the call today for the game with Lucas. I'll be doing color commentary. A little bit of jitters. You know, it's my first uh, football call for the station. But I think it's going to go great and hoping for, hoping for a great game from the Mountaineers. Yeah, I, would, I think we're going to do a great job today. Uh, so I will be your play-by-play commentator for today's game at 3.30. And as they said, Andrew Travers will be on color. Nick Goodman will be on the sideline. And Jordan Luker will be joining you in the studio when we go to the broadcast at Kid Brewer Stadium. But for now, it's just the three of us on the pregame show. And you guys kind of alluded to it, but this is actually you two, both of yours first time on a football call. So mm-hmm. exciting stuff for you guys. So just what are you, what are you most excited for looking at? At the game, it's about three and a half hours away, but it, on your first call versus Southern Miss, so it's, what are we looking out for? Well, first of all, I'm just looking forward to being back in Kid Brewer Stadium. People may have not thought about this much, but the last time they played a home game was way back on October 10th. Yeah. So it's almost been three weeks since that Coastal Carolina game, obviously a bitter game to think about. Uh, but that was like way before fall break even. Yep. Um, so just being able to get back... Back to playing football at home, and then obviously this is not only first football call, but first time I'm going to do sideline reporting. So I'm looking forward to doing that also. Yeah, just uh, I, I you couldn't ask for a better game, for, at least for me to get my first call with. Uh, you know, it's homecoming weekend. You have all the alumni back. You have all the former students back. It's, Stadium's going to be electric. The lock, the rock is going to be electric today, and I'm really just looking forward to a fun game from both sides and hopefully some great fan energy today at Kibber Stadium. Yeah, I think today is the per- perfect atmosphere for a college football game, especially in Boone. Like you said, uh, we're it's homecoming weekend here at App State, but you know it's Halloween in three days, so you got costumes running around. It's peak week 
or it maybe was a couple weeks ago, but the colors are still beautiful right now up here in the mountain, and it's going to be 70 degrees, so nothing you can complain about. Uh, the energy is hopefully going to be great, and I, I think it will be. It's going to be a sellout crowd at Kid Brewer Stadium, and I'm just excited to get on the call with you guys, just just feel that atmosphere, looking at the, at the forest. Nick and I were at practice earlier this week, and Nick was just looking, and he said, man, like, Kidbrew Stadium is really beautiful at this time of year with those mm-hmm. the colored trees and everything in the background. So, so I'm just excited for this game. But we are a college game day show, not just an App State show. So looking at some other games, whether you get to watch it or not, because you'll be working this game, what, is, what do you feel is the best college football game this weekend? Yeah, I'm not going to be able to watch this game because it's literally at the exact same time as the 3.30 kickoff for Southern Miss, but... I'm going to go with the game that game day picked, Utah and Oregon. It's going to be electric at Utah. You know, they're excited after getting a big come-from-behind win after a game-winning field goal against USC last week. Um, And it's going to be a big offense versus defense matchup. Bo Nix is, we'll talk about him a little bit later, but he's having an unbelievable year right now for the Ducks. But Utah, despite not having Cameron rising the entire year, has been amazing on defense to get off to this 6-1 and one start. The winner of this game, they're still going to be in a really good position to win the Pac-12 and maybe even make the playoffs, so I feel like that's the best game today. There's a couple other good ones. Duke-Louisville, you would not think going into this year that that would be a good game, but that should be a fun matchup. And again, the winner of that game is very likely going to play Florida State in the ACC Championship. And then even just for some of the later games, I mean... Um, I like even from the Sun Belt, James Madison, Old Dominion. If Old Dominion could get past James Madison, obviously a, a tough test, and James Madison can't even, you know, win that. It can't even win the Sun Belt. Sadly, um, but if Old Dominion wins that game, and I know we were all disappointed with the way that game ended for App State, Old Dominion might surprise a lot of people in the East if they win that and go to four and one in the conference. Yeah, I think just uh, there's some big games today in the top 25. I'm really looking at the uh, Georgia-Florida matchup at 3.30. It's a neutral site game in Jacksonville at Everbank Field, home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it's going to be interesting to see how uh, Georgia plays today without Brock Bowers, their star tight end. So we'll see if they could get it done today. I mean, they've pretty much looked great all season. Definitely a number one contender when it comes to the college football playoff race. And then, like you were saying, Nick, the uh, ranked matchup in the ACC today, number 20 Duke facing off against number 18 Louisville. That game is going to be interesting because ACC has kind of looked like a weak Power 5 conference this year. So I feel like a lot of the ranked teams in that conference need to prove themselves and prove that they are college football playoff or bowl eligible this season. So that's going to be a really interesting game down the ACC. Yeah, I love that. Uh, Florida, Georgia pick. I feel like it's an underrated game, kind of getting overlooked. Georgia, you know, have been has been a little shaky uh, this year, but they've looked better as a recent bet. That Brock, Brock Bowers injury cannot be overstated. He was like what fueled that offense, and whenever things went wrong, they just got it to Brock Bowers. Now they don't have that option, and Florida's been a sneaky, tough matchup for them, at least not over the last couple years, but historically, that's a pretty uh, heated rivalry. But yeah, I'm looking at the later game, Colorado at UCLA. Obviously, Colorado's been uh, on every media outlet imaginable. They, they've had the high highs and the low lows, but now they now they have to face the light against a ranked UCLA team. They had the bye after the terrible Sanford uh, f- uh, comeback loss, 
But yeah, I, I just think look at that Colorado game. Lots of proof for Deion Sanders, and it's a tough schedule the rest of the way. I'd like to see how they bounce back after that disappointing loss two weeks ago. But we're going to take a quick break in our first break of the show. But when we return, we'll preview the game this Saturday going on in about three hours. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to the 90.5 WASU pregame show. Appalachian State University's Schaefer Center Present Series features Coco, live to film concert, a complete screening of the Disney Pixar film accompanied by a live orchestra, the United States Air Force Band and Singing Sergeants, and Indigenous Enterprise, a Native American dance troupe. Information at 800-841-ARTS or theschafercenter.org. Appalachian State University's The Schaefer Center Presents series welcomes the United States Air Force Concert Band and Singing Sergeants for a free concert of American music and honoring U.S. veterans. October 25th at 7 p.m. The event is free, but reservations are required. More information can be found at theschafercenter.org. Hey students, Dino's Den Moving here, your one source for packing and moving out or in at ASU. Our phone number is 336-990-9480, or you can email us. Just look for Dino's Den Moving online. Help out mom and dad. Your deposit today reserves your spot in December. We also have all the U-Haul trucks, trailers, and supplies you need for moving. $50 off your move if you mention this ad, and reserve your spot by November 15th. Dino's Den Moving, 336-990-9480. RaysWeather.com is based in Boone and forecasts the weather in the high country and from the North Carolina-Virginia state line to Waynesville, North Carolina. The mountains, the foothills, and the microclimates in between with specific websites for each area including BooneWeather.com with radar and webcams of the area. Winter, spring, summer, fall, RaysWeather.com. Support for WASU programming is provided by the Eggers Law Firm on West King Street. The Eggers Law Firm provides legal services to those in need of assistance in northwestern North Carolina. Thank you for listening to your MTV College Radio Station of the Year, 90.5 WASU and WASURadio.com. Welcome back to the 90.5 WASU pregame show as we are ready to break down today's game versus Southern Miss. Two teams that are struggling early in the season, early in Sunbelt play. There's there's still about half the season left, but the, the App State Mountaineers with just one win in conference play with, I believe that's two, lo- they're two, one and two, right? That's the... It's a conference record. Mm-hmm. Losses to Coastal Carolina and Old Dominion. And then for Southern Miss, they are, I believe, 0-3, but they are winless. It's either 0-3 or 0-4. Um, I don't have it in front of me, but it's no secret. Mountaineers are struggling right now. They've lost three of their last four games with the one win coming off a 50-yard last-second field goal against ULM. App State has a really good chance to get back in the win column today, but what's one thing you think they need to do to get that much-needed win? I feel like... Whatever whatever show I've been on, whether it's been sports rap, whether it was the game day show last week, um, when we I talk about App State and stuff that they need to do better, it's just the self-inflicted mistakes. Even though against Old Dominion last week they didn't have a turnover, um, they still had three fumbles from Joey that they were all recovered by App State, and all of them were 
basically drive killers, yeah. especially the one late in the game, second and one. Yep. Joey tries to pull the ball out from Kanye Roberts and fumbles it, turns a second and one into a third and long. Mm-hmm. And that basically got rid of any chance for App State to melt the game away and gave Old Dominion uh, plenty of time to get down the field to get their game-winning touchdown. Um, but then in other games, there's you know busted coverages in the Coastal game. There's um, against ECU, which is a game that I feel like could be really similar to the way this one pans out. There were two defensive du- touchdowns they gave up. There was a, I believe Joey had three turnovers against Louisiana Monroe to keep that game closer. Um, and then just both on offense and defense, they just they can't get in their own way. Uh, I feel like App is objectively the more talented team than Southern Miss, even after you know some of the games that they've struggled in earlier. And I feel like the only way that they're, that Southern Miss, which this could happen, but the only way that App State keeps Southern Miss in the game is if they get in their own way enough. Um, again, App's proven in the past that, that they can do that, but that's the one thing they can't do. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's mistakes on both sides of the ball, like you alluded to, Nick. Uh, it's the secondaries. They can't really cover deep down the field, and that just gives up big chunk plays like we've seen in the past. And I, I, I feel like I'm repeating myself at this point almost, you know, like every show I've been on, you know, just like, you know, pregame, sports rap, whatever. It's just been like, you know, the same stuff that I talk about for this App State team, like they can improve on. Oh, yeah, their secondary could get better. Let's see if that happens this week. It doesn't always improve every week. But. I feel like it's those self-inflicted mistakes, like Nick mentioned, that are re- that's really holding them down, and it's holding them down in really close games. I think it's their offense not executing late in games, like we saw last week at ODU. Uh, the offense came out firing in the first half, and then to start the second half, we got a touchdown, and then we just went stagnant for the rest yep. of the game, which was kind of weird. You kind of saw last season that we struggled in the first half, and then we came alive in the second half, and that's how we would beat teams in very close situations. So I feel like I'm not seeing that this season. I feel like that's really hurt this Mountaineer team in terms of keeping games close and ultimately winning games. Yeah, I agree with what both of you said. There, there was no turnovers on the stat sheet, but those three fumbles from Joey Aguilar were crucial. And like you said, Nick, especially that one on that final drive, you have to kill more clock. That fumble makes it so you kill basically not even a minute of the clock before you give it back to ODU. And then the chunk plays have haunted this defense all season long. You have chunk plays through the air against ULM, uh, and then you have big plays on the ground against I mean ODU and UNC and Wyoming. But whether it's secondary or on the ground, we've been giving up chunk plays all season long. Uh, so, yeah, looking at this team, I just think we have to at least uh, make offenses execute. Like, I, I look at our linebackers mostly, and a guy, Kyle Arnholt, struggled this year. Darrell Farrar come, has come in, and he's been successful. But we, we've been struggling far too much on those on run plays. Once they get to that second level, at our linebackers just can't make plays in open field. And it's killed us, and it killed us against Old Dominion. And I'd like to see that just get better in this game. We, we just need to do a better job. It's not about... You know, teams are going to move the ball against us. We're not a, it's just lockdown defense. But the big thing is you just can't give up chunk plays, make them execute, go on long drives down the field where they have to, you know, get move methodically, not like last week where we give up. We're playing good defense and we give up a fourth and ten conversion that gets them all the way down uh, into the end zone. It's, it's just stuff like that that has really killed this team. But and missed a, a disappointing season has been surprisingly good play from quarterback Joey Aguilar. He has thrown 1,782 yards and 16 touchdowns on just five interceptions. Obviously, he hasn't been perfect, but for a player who came into the season as a backup, 
he's been pretty great. Uh, so what, what's something you feel like he's done well this season that you'd like to see him continue? And what's something you think he needs to improve on? I'll start with you, Andrew. Yeah, so I think Joey has played the best he, ha- he has played this season. Coming in for Ryan Berger, he wasn't expected to be the starter at the beginning of the season, but he came in when Ryan Berger got injured. And since, uh, since then, I feel like he's earned his keep for the most part for this Mountaineer offense. I feel like one thing that... Uh, I want to see in this game that he's done pretty well so far is kind of keep his cool uh, in high-pressure situations. Last week against ODU, he didn't record a turnover, which was great. Didn't throw a pick. So I'd like to see, you know, he kept his cool, kept his confidence last week. I want to see that carry into this week. And I felt like he could do that back in front of the home fans at Kid Brewer Stadium. And then one thing I would like to see him improve on is uh, his decision-making. His decision-making hasn't been the greatest at times. Uh, He's, like, overthrown some receivers and some key moments moments during some key games and I just want to see his confidence and decision making go up while staying calm and collected yeah um for what Joey's done well I mean I feel like especially what we expected going into the year with Chase Bryce leaving and then we know Joey was the uh community college transfer that we didn't know as much about a lot of people again including the coaching staff they started Ryan Berger over him and then you know if you told us before the year Ryan Berger was going to win the starting job and then get hurt immediately, and Aguilar was going to have to play in after losing the job. You'd be like, oh, no, we're going to have some issues <laughs> throwing the football down the field. But that's not been the case. I mean, Joey's right now on pace to be become, like I think, one of five App State quarterbacks to have 3,000 yards passing in a season, even if we miss a bowl. Hmm. Um, so he's the biggest thing I've liked, he spread the ball around. It, he hasn't been someone who's just keyed in on one guy he's not just looking for one or two receivers on every single play he's done a really good job getting a bunch of talented receivers on app state and some talented tight ends too involved in the offense and all of them uh getting their own production getting um getting opportunities to make plays i've really liked seeing that out of him um one thing i would like to see him improve and i think this is something we've talked about before too is ball security the five interceptions They don't really tell the whole story with him. He's also had a lot of fumbles, too. We mentioned Old Dominion um, and against Louisiana Monroe. I know for sure he had a bad fumble late in the game. Um, I just want to see him – I don't want to see him hesitate because I know his confidence right now is probably his biggest strength because he's not ever going to play afraid. Like, he's going to think – if he sees something open and he trusts that it's open, he's going to go and try to make the play. Um, But there's got to be a line between that and, you know, let it, making him think that he can just make every single throw on the football field um, or that he can hold on to the, the ball a li- an extra half second and then one of my receivers can break open and then I can throw it. Uh, I just want just there to be a, a little bit more of a line between him being a gunslinger and uh, playing conservative. I think there's a middle ground he could find, um, and that just comes with experience. He hasn't played a lot of FBS football, I believe. I mean... He just played this year, so it's been yeah. not even seven whole games. It's he was been playing like JUCO last year. Yeah, yeah. he's playing JUCO last year, and then he's pl- this is going to be his um, eighth game played, but it's really going to be the seventh and a half game played if he stays healthy through the whole game. Um, knock on wood, uh, but uh, <laughs> you know he's that's the biggest thing I'm thinking. There's a line between him trying to make every single play on the field and being conservative that I think he can learn as he keeps playing. Yeah, I I totally agree, Nick. I think the biggest thing when I look at something he can improve on uh, is holding on to the ball. There's a bunch of times against ODU that he's just trying to hold on to the ball and make plays. And the thing is, he 
he's an okay athlete, but he's not some guy that you know is is a killing a killer when he scrambles or is a killer with his legs. He'll pick up enough yards, but he's not someone that you really look at as a big threat to do that. So his escapability isn't fantastic. I like him more as a pocket passer. So I don't love when he holds onto the ball, and that's how he had so many fumbles in that game. Luckily, he got on top of all of them. But three fumbles in a game is way too many, and you're very lucky to fall on all three of those. Uh, but what he's done well is kind of like what you guys said. I like the fearlessness. It, it's When you looked at this team coming into the season, you saw a team that might have to take a step back in the air. Uh, we've been a team that likes to push the ball downfield and throw a lot with Chase Bryce the past two seasons. And I thought with Ryan Berger, we were going to have to you know lean back on that and kind of lean on that run game more. But Aguilar's kind of stepped in, and he fits that Chase Bryce mold more of that gunslinger with a good arm that can get it into some tight windows. We had a lot of long-developing passing plays against ODU that worked well. We have wide receivers that can win one-on-one downfield, and we have good protection. We are the we have Joey's been sacked the least out of any quarterback in the Sun Belt this season, so... I'd like to see us continue to give him chances to make plays down the field. But, yeah, I'd like to see him maybe clean up that decision-making a little bit, not hold on to the ball so long. You know, sometimes just be willing to take either the check down or throw the ball out of bounds and not avoid disaster. But now looking at the weapons of the Mountaineers, top weapon Nate Noel has been sidelined for the last two weeks. Noel was practicing this week, but has seemed to be sharing touches with Kanye Roberts. Roberts filled in nicely for Noel, going for over 100 yards on the ground at ODU. We also saw wide receiver Caden Robinson have a big impact with Noel out. So even if Noel, even if Noel plays, he'll likely be limited. So who is another skilled player you are looking to step up in his place? Yeah, so I just wanted to bring up when you were, uh, just when you were talking about with Nate Noel. Um, there is a report from ESPN saying that Nate Noel is expected to start today okay. against Southern Miss. But as you said... He's probably not going to get like 25, 30 carries. He's yeah. not going to, he's, he's going to still be at least somewhat limited. And I think it's deserved with the way Kanye Roberts has played so far this year, especially considering that he's healthy, that we should probably make more of a point to share touches between Nate and him just to make sure Nate, you know, is fully healed, stays healthy mm-hmm. the rest of this year. Um, and then I also I have faith in Caden Robinson that he's going to keep it keep it going. He's been our leading receiver. He's been our most consistent receiver throughout the entire year. Um, I will say, though, if there's someone who I would like to see stepping up, um, it's someone in the receiving room. It might be a little bit of an outside pick because he's not he's technically not one of our starters, uh, but he's he comes in and plays a lot when the starting receivers don't play. And then he had a tough end to the game against Old Dominion where he could have made a game winning play, but didn't. And that's Dalton Stroman. That's the guy I'm looking at right now, Um, like because right now because on the year. Um, he's made a number of plays, but he only has 12 catches yeah. on the year. And I just kind of feel like, um, especially late in the game, if he's going to be your 50-50 guy, if you're going at the end of the game and you're thinking, okay, I'm going to trust him to make a play to win the game, that we should try to make at least a little bit more of a point to get him involved. And that might not even just be throwing it deep down the field and just hoping he jumps up over a guy. That could just be getting the ball in his hands and getting him comfortable on the field and then giving him that 50-50 shot to make a play. I feel like Dalton Strowman might, like, we have a really talented wide receiver room. Strowman might have the highest ceiling out of any of them, yep. which is saying a lot. I mean, he's he's big, he's strong, he's fast. I mean, I get that Caden and Christian Horn are more consistent, and they should all get their touches, too. And even Christian Horn could be someone I could say here 
as someone that could is someone that I could, I could see wanting to step up. But I just feel like we should try to get Strowman more involved. I absolutely agree, Nick. I mean, I feel like this this wide receiver room is really talented and has a lot of depth to it and Dalton Strowman he fits right into this really high powered Mountaineer receiving core which I do like to see and I feel like he does need to be getting a little bit more game action and a little bit more he needs to be making more of a name for himself this season because I feel like he did kind of make a name for himself last season as well and that's when everyone started to know who he was and how he played and how he fit into this Mountaineer offense I would say with Nate Noel out I would continue to look to Kanye Roberts he has pretty much matched Nate Noel's production this season and I would say Amani Marshall is another running back in the running back room that I would look to as well uh, to aid Kanye Roberts in this game. And then on the receiving side, I do like Caden Robinson. As you said, he's our leading receiver. He's balled out pretty much every game for us. Uh, Christian Horn. He's looked great as well. Kind of wanted to see him get more involved with the offense, which he has played some key roles in the receiving court this season. And then Milan Tucker will be another receiver that um, I will be looking for the Mountaineer offense to lean on in this game. And I think if all those pieces fit together, it will be a good team game, at least on offense for the Mountaineers. Yeah, yeah, we've seen Joey spread the ball around a lot. So I think a lot of these guys that Andrew mentioned will be involved. We'll see a, you know, kind of a, a attack by committee is per se on this offense a lot of guys will especially that receiving core but last week Kane Robinson was that top pass catcher he went for the over 100 yards and a touchdown and the big thing with Kane Robinson he's a great route runner he's hard to deal with one-on-one especially on those longer uh, deep routes that develop downfield that he can really just create space with his speed and strength I really want him to be more involved and I thought there was times that ODU game we could have looked at him more kind of force fed him the ball in the offensive end uh, because they were really struggling to cover him in single coverage downfield Uh, I I agree Kanye Roberts has been great this year with that report of Nate Noel I I do think we'll see probably split carries between him and Roberts just because I I was talking to one of the coaches uh, of App State and you know it's just one of those injuries that it's a feel injury so it's an ankle injury it can be re-aggravated at any time but they're just hoping he feels comfortable and they're just giving him as much time and they, they don't really need to rush him back uh, outside of Connie Roberts, the, the running attack wasn't great last week. Uh, Amani Marshall and Mikhail Haywood combined for two carries for zero yards. So not, not a great showing for those guys. But Connie Roberts can definitely step into that spot. But someone a little uh, not as talked about that I'm looking for is I really liked Eli Wilson this season, the tight end. He's been a great pass catcher this year for the Mountaineers. Uh, he, he had a big third down conver- or fourth down conversion for the Mountaineers against ODU in that game. And I, I just... Look at him as a guy that could get more involved. He's been a good goal line target for uh, Joey Aguilar, but he's a guy that's kind of just a safety blanket for your quarterback. But now we're going to look at the other side of the ball. Before we close out this segment, uh, the App State defense has had its pride tested this season as one of the worst rushing defenses in the country, and that's not hyperbole. They are looking to prove themselves down the stretch of the season versus ODU. A couple of young players stepped up for the Mountaineers, that being Santana Hopper and Nate Johnson, the redshirt freshman and true freshman. This defense has a lot to prove, but who is a player you are looking to have a good game today? I'm going to pick one of the two guys you just mentioned. I'm looking at Nate Johnson. The defense as a whole has, let's be honest, had a rough year. It's not been what we've hoped for it to be, but Nate Johnson has been a really pleasant surprise for this team. Already having five sacks on the year early in this game, and I mean, he's yeah, I mean, you almost wonder how people recruiting him missed him because yeah. you just see him on the field and it's just like, oh my goodness, this dude's a true freshman. Freak show. Yeah, like he's a freak <laughs> show. 
Um, but that's someone like he's been by far our best pass rusher this year, and it hasn't really been all that close. I'm looking for him to try to wreak havoc and just try to make it super hard for the Southern Miss this Southern Miss team to get anything going down the field. Yeah, on defense, I'm looking at one of our top performers in the linebacking core. That'd be Andrew Parker Jr. Uh, he's got two total sacks on the season. He's got 55 total tackles. So I'm looking for him to make a big impact. I feel like he could put cre- uh, pressure on the Southern Miss offense. I'm also looking at Daryl Farrar. He's another one of our linebackers. Uh, he has 36 total tackles of this season, and uh, seven uh, that going along with 17 solos. So I've I've liked the way he's looked so far this season. And also Nick Ross, the captain in the secondary. I'm looking for him to have another big game this week as the captain of the secondary to kind of hone in on these receivers for Southern Miss. Yeah, a lot of those picks are very important. Darrell Farrar, he's a guy that, you know, Kyle Arnholt, the guy starting in his position, has been struggling this year. He's been able to give a lot of help off the bench this year, and he's really been the better uh, middle linebacker with Andrew Parker on this defense. Uh, And then the Nate Nick Ross pick. He, he's a guy that is just so important for these Mountaineers because anytime uh, a receiver or a running back gets in that second level, he's the guy that has to make that open field tackle. He's done a great job at that this season. He has 53 total tackles, just trailing Andrew Parker as a safety, so he's had a great year. Uh, but yeah, I, Nate Johnson, Santa, Santana Hopper, we knew they were both very talented, but they've been able to produce early in their career, and their guys, I think, we're going to have to lean on uh, to get some pressure against the Southern Miss Golden Eagles, because against ODU, they were really the game breakers that allowed this defense to get pressure and get some stops when they were able to. But that'll do it for our game preview. We're going to take a quick break, but when we return, we'll talk about all things college football, and I believe we'll have a new guest. So stick it, stick around. We, You are listening to 9.5 WSU Game Day Show. Appalachian State University's Schaefer Center Present Series features Coco, live to film concert, a complete screening of the Disney Pixar film accompanied by a live orchestra, the United States Air Force Band and Singing Sergeants, and Indigenous Enterprise, a Native American dance troupe. Information at 800-841-ARTS or theschafercenter.org. Appalachian State University's The Schaefer Center Presents series features Coco Live to Film Concert, a complete screening of the Disney Pixar film with musical score performed live by the 20-member Orquesta Folklorica Nacional de México, October 19th at 7 p.m. Information at theschafercenter.org. Appalachian State University's The Schaefer Center presents series features Indigenous Enterprise, a Native American dance troupe showcasing their cultural heritage through dance and song. November 16th at 7 p.m. Information at theschafercenter.org. App State's New River Light and Power Green Power Program brings clean, climate-friendly energy to the high country. Renewable sources of energy replace carbon-based electric use, lowering our carbon footprint and helping to protect the environment. The power is yours. Learn more about the Green Power Program today at nrlp.appstate.edu. Anna Bananas is a longtime supporter of WASU-FM, App State's college radio station. Anna Bananas Fine Consignment Store buys, sells, trades, and serves Boone from 641 West King Street. You can follow Anna Bananas on Instagram and Facebook. 
The Multicultural Center at Appalachian State encourages respect and appreciation of every diverse group and promotes the uniqueness of every culture. The center cultivates an inclusive environment where the basis of multicultural interaction is formed through respect, communication, and cooperation. To find out more, visit Room 112 in the Plymouth Student Union or email multiculturalcenter at appstate.edu. The Henderson Springs LGBT Center strives to create a space where everyone can feel safe. The center serves as a community resource to empower, educate, and affirm LGBTQ people, allies, and advocates. It is completely volunteer-run, and everyone is trained to assess the needs of individuals. To find out more, visit room 106 in the Plemons Student Union or email lgbt at appstate.edu. Welcome back to the 90.5 WASU Game Day Show. And we are going to jump into our look around the college football world. I'm joined by Ryan or <laughs> Riley Carlson. Uh, he's joining us for this segment. So I almost called you Ryan Hendricks. So. Yeah, I mean, that's not even... That's a compliment to be yeah, honest. Is. So that's totally fine. Always lit. Well, on these game days, we're a little cautious of Ryan. He, he's been cursing us with the boat race, and he did it again last night. But hopefully we can break that curse today. But I was say, on Cody's bet show, too, of yeah, all places. Was, yeah, yeah, it's disgusting. That's probably why he wanted to go on there. Yeah, he was ready to just curse the Mountaineers. But we're going to do our look around the college football world uh, for a quick scoreboard update. The fourth-ranked Florida State Seminoles are up 10-0 to against Wake Forest with one minute and four seconds left in the first. The sixth-ranked Oklahoma Sooners down 14 to nothing in Kansas. Uh, and there's 12-26 left in the second. Oklahoma has the ball there. And then Indiana and Penn State are tied at seven apiece with a minute and 37 seconds left to go in that first quarter. But we're going to look at some later games. So the first game we want to look at is two 6-1 Pac-12 teams. We'll be meeting at 3.30 as the 8th-ranked Oregon Ducks travel to Salt Lake City to face the 13th-ranked Utah Utes. The Utes got a big win over USC last week behind a gutsy performance from former walk-on quarterback Bryson Barnes. So, Nick, with Cam Rising confirmed to be out for the rest of the season, do you still give Utah a chance to three-peat as Pac-12 champions? I mean, of course I give them a chance with their defense. Their defense, even without Cameron Rising, has been unbelievable this entire season. Um, It's going to be tough, though. Again, they have to play Oregon today, which is going to be a game, a really tough game, which we're talking about right now. And then they do have to go to Washington later in the year, which um, those games will probably decide whether or not they get a chance. Um, but I cannot rule this team out, even though their offense isn't very, isn't very good this year. Um, just with the way their defense is playing and how they're able to shut people down, I cannot rule them out at all for three-peating. It'll be tough, though. Yeah, I think it will be tough. Um, Utah, they're coming off that big win against USC and Caleb Williams, and I just feel like they're they're going to be riding the high of that coming into this week. Uh, they're back in Salt Lake City, back in front of their home fans at Rice Eccles Stadium. And I feel like they'll have the momentum on their side today. I like Utah in this game over Oregon. Even though the Oregon offense has looked great, I still believe in the, uh, Utah's defense. Yeah, I mean, Utah won by two last week, correct? Yeah, the game-winning field goal. Didn't they? Hold on, hold on. Let, let me let me check my stats here because I could totally be wrong. But didn't they force like four interceptions or something against Caleb Williams? Or is that some? I think you're, that was the week before. That was the week. That was the week before. Okay, yeah, never mind. But still, all right. So they win by two against USC, and that's like USC, in my opinion, is not a great like team. Like I think they're good, and I think everyone thought they were going to be 
more than what they are right now coming into the season, but I don't think they're great, and they only won by two. In my opinion, I think Oregon's played some tougher competition. I think they've shown more, and so I got. I think Oregon's going to going to come out with this one. Yeah, I, I look at this Utah team, and if they had Cam Rising, I'd for sure say they have a real chance to repeat as Pac-12 champions. I mean, it's just impressive they've been able to repeat. Uh, there's been other teams every year that looked more talented on paper, but Utah's done a good job of just being consistent and winning a lot of games every year. But I, I just think it's a little bit too far of an ask right now for this Utah team, and I don't love their chances against Oregon they, in this game. They have to win this game if they're going to win the Pac-12. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah That's about, Pac-12 and, is as com- competitive as any conference this year. And then I'm thinking, like, then they play Washington too, and they'd have to win that game too. I, I don't know if they win both of those. I just don't believe in them that much. That's like, I, I think ask. Washington's coming out. Yeah, I, I like Washington. Now, Washington is probably going to be at least one of the t- two teams in there right now. Like, yeah, they set themselves up with that Oregon win, and that's what we're going to look at next. As shocking as it sounds, Bo Nix has looked like the real deal this season. He's thrown for two thousand eighty-nine yards and nineteen touchdowns on just one interception. I'm sh- I'm sure I'm not the only one who remembers the Bo Nix that was on Auburn, uh, but do you buy Nix as a changed player, and do you think he could have success at the next level? Yeah, I mean, I feel like him transferring away from Auburn was the best thing that could have happened to him because I felt like at Auburn, just with that situation, he was thrust into the lineup immediately as a true freshman, expecting to be like one of the best players to ever play for Auburn right away. And at Auburn, he was just Jekyll and Hyde. You know, he would have games and moments like I mean we were talking about it before the show there was one play he made against LSU where you know he was just running in circles on fourth down making guys miss and then eventually bought bought enough time to heave it to a wide open player down for a touchdown he had a play against Texas A&M I believe it was the COVID year I can think of off the top of my head where he just just it was like third and goal or something Auburn was a worse football team than A&M they were actually good that year they won the Orange Bowl um, but he was just scrambling around and just like somehow was able to extend a play for like 20 seconds and ran it into the end zone against a really good Texas A&M team. But then you would have – it felt like every time he played against Georgia, you'd look like he didn't belong on the football field, you know. And I just – I felt like he really needed to just leave that situation and go somewhere else. Um, and I think he's – just with his experience and not having necessarily – not quite – I mean, there's obviously pressure at – Oregon, but maybe not as much pressure as playing for Auburn at like an SEC school. Um, he, that just has helped him out a lot, and I do think he's a much better player now than he was at Auburn. Just much more efficient, much more consistent. You mentioned the stats already. Um, he also's last two years he's been over seventy percent completion percentage as well, where at Auburn he never came close to that. Um, so I do think he's definitely a different player. Um, it helps again. The Pac-12 is easier to to play in, in the SEC, I think, even though they're better this year. But I think he's I think he's a much better player than yeah. he was at Auburn. And beyond the pressure, you, you just look at or beyond the talent difference between the SEC and the Pac twelve, you just look at his history with Auburn and you know that that's a situation his dad was a former quarterback there and uh he, he was kinda looked at as the savior of that program and he wasn't that and there was a lot of people who just had these unrealistic expectations for him that he could never fulfill. So yeah, I think for him, getting out of Oregon was probably, or getting out of Auburn was probably the best thing for him. Yeah, I would, I would totally have to agree with that. I just feel like he didn't really have the players surrounding him at Auburn that he needed to be successful. Uh, you look at his interse- or his uh, stats from when he was at Auburn. Uh, first year he was there, six picks. Uh, the COVID year, seven picks, and it just. It, 
he didn't really have the receivers or the playmakers to make him a good quarterback. So I feel like ever since he's gone to Oregon, he's definitely had the guys in the receiving core to make him a better quarterback. And he surrounded himself with good coaches that will help him work on his game and that have ultimately helped him to become like a, in the running for a Heisman candidate quarterback. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't like. I think Nix is a good quarterback. Sure, um, and I think he's playing, having a great year. But do I think he's going to have success at the next level? I, I don't know. Like, yeah. I think there's a lot of, I don't. I think there's a lot of growing that has to happen, and someone has to really nurture him in the league. And he's going to have to sit for a year, maybe two, before he actually gets a, gets a starting spot. And um, you know, I just don't think he's going to be like a guy that you can plug and play right away. He doesn't have that raw talent that, um, you know, say a Bryce Young. Would have uh, no. I'm just messing with you guys, but uh, I do think um, I just don't think Nick's is, Nick's is there, and I think he's an ultimate college quarterback. Um, I don't think he's gonna. I mean, and I hope he proves me wrong. I just don't think he's gonna have success in the next level. But I do think that with Oregon, I mean, he's fits their system great. I mean, he's playing awesome. So yeah, it's gonna have to be. It's gonna be interesting draft this year in the NFL because you have guys like Bo Nix and Michael Penix that. Are much older prospects, and you, you had this last year a little bit with Hayden Hooker, but you know they they weren't uh, looked at as an NFL caliber player earlier in their career. But as they played longer in college, they showed those signs, and they then made themselves in the prospects that NFL teams could possibly draft in the first or second round. So we'll, we'll, well see with Bo Nix. Well, it's ridiculous too because I feel like these days it takes one good year in college, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, he's a first round pick. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like it makes no sense. Like look at um. Was Spencer Rattler, if he were to have a great year this year, he could climb up into the first round. Honestly, you know? he's had a sneaky good year, even though the team is terrible. Well, that's what, I, that's what I'm yeah. saying. and It's just ridiculous that that's where we're at, because Bo Nix has proven throughout college that, you know, he's good, but I don't know if he's a first-round pick good. You know, he's he's had one great year, and that's with Oregon this year. But yeah. other than that, he's, he's played he's played decent. Yeah, we've seen how this can change. Like We'll talk about it later, but a guy like Shadur Sanders might be able to off this just one year, oh. get a, become a first-round pick. Can, as Kenny his, Pickett is another one. Kenny Pickett had a great, yeah, one year. He had year one good year. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think, uh, did Daniel Jones? Well, I mean, even... I don't know how know he did is, in Duke. Well, Daniel Jones was, like, good at Duke, just in general. He was had a few years. I would say, too, this was a, a little bit of a, a while ago when this happened, but Mitch Brisky played only one year yeah, at UNC and then true. went second overall. Yeah, exactly. It's, it all depends on your situation, who you're playing for, what the team's like at the time, and how good they can make you look. I mean, we saw Anthony Richardson last year have a bad year and still get picked. Well, that was just well, being a free athlete. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's just the yeah. body. But, yeah, yeah, he's just talented. That's all. That was like he's he's there just develop. And I think he's actually going to be a really good player if he can stay on the field. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, another great one is Trey Lance. He was. Yeah, there you I mean, go. He barely played at San Diego or not San Diego, uh, South Dakota State. Yeah. Was that it? Well, it just shows how how desperate NFL teams are for quarterbacks these mm, days. That yeah. and there, oh yeah, it just depends if you're willing to take that risk on a project, and it obviously didn't work out for the 49ers. But now jumping to uh, from the Pac-12 to the ACC, the 20th ranked Duke Blue Devils will be going on the road to face the 18th ranked Louisville Cardinals. Seems like Florida State stands alone at the top of the ACC, but another team needs to make the championship game. UNC looked primed to do so until they suffered a brutal loss to Virginia last week, leaving the second spot wide open. So when looking at Duke or Louisville, do you like either of them to claim that spot, the second spot in the ACC? And if not, who do you like to finish there? I mean, if it, this 
again, we talked about this last week before Florida State. I think it holds true also for, for the rest of Duke's year. I If Riley Leonard is healthy, I think they're the second-best team in the ACC. Um, we kind of saw that against Florida State, too, even though he was clearly uh, not 100%. He wasn't expected to play for the longest time and then gutted it out for a bit. However, he re-injured his ankle during that game, and then you could see the clear difference in Duke literally just before he was injured and after he was injured in that game. They had no chance the second he went down, and they were well within striking distance of Florida State and potentially beating them when he was healthy. If he's healthy, I think they're the second-best team in the league. If he's not, um, in this matchup in particular, because it's also going to be really important because if Louisville gets that tiebreaker over Duke, that could be really big later in the year. Louisville could do it. I'm still a little iffy about Louisville after um, seeing them play Pitt and lose to a bad Pitt football team. And I'm also iffy. Ooh, again, yeah, they lost bad. Yeah, they, lo- they got whooped up on by a bad Pitt team. after they. I mean, some of that, too, it could be a young team after they beat Notre Dame. They had maybe had a hangover, but still, that's... Not a good look for someone trying to make the ACC championship game. And then you alluded to North Carolina earlier. Um, it looked like they would be that team, but if they lost at home to Virginia, so I don't, I, I don't trust them on a week to week basis One anymore. Of those bizarre losses. <laughs> yeah, like that. That can't. That is like an unacceptable loss for that program. Um, but I'm looking probably at Duke. But again, that's going to depend on, on Leonard's health. Outside of that, I'm not even sure. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, uh, th- this game this game is going to be interesting. I, I'm not even sure how Louisville's ranked coming off that pit loss. I mean, that was, that was embarrassing. Like, I, I don't even know how they're ranked 18th right now, um, considering that was probably their worst loss in a while. Uh, I do like Duke in this game, however. Uh, they're one of the uh, the top defenses in the ACC right now. Um, and they've, they've just looked really good. I know Louisville has kind of a high-powered offense that could propel them to win this game, but I, I trust in Duke. Duke's uh, defense. I think Riley Leonard is a great quarterback for them, and I feel like if they could get their defense right and Riley Leonard can play well, I think they could be uh, the t- one of the top teams, if not the top team in the ACC come the end of the season. Yeah, I'm looking at this whole conference here, and like UNC to me has always been overrated. Mm-hmm. Like this entire year, they've been overrated. I mean, I I said it um, earlier, but you know they. I mean, they lost They lost to Virginia, right? And they, they almost lost to us. And I'm not going to sit here and say that we're one of the top 25 teams. Like, we're not, we're not even, like, one of the top teams in our own conference right now. Right? Like, right now at the moment. So, I mean, I think UNC is just not there. Um, and Louisville, like, that pit loss is bad. I honestly didn't watch that game. But looking at that, that's just a terrible loss. Mm-hmm. Duke, is Riley Leonard playing in this game, though? Uh, it just says he, it's TBD. It's, it's yeah. TBD, so it says he could. But okay, because if they lose this game, I mean Louisville has a shot at it. So that's that's the big thing. Um, and so if Riley Leonard's not playing, I don't know if they win. That's so mm. I. It's a, it's a toss up for sure, but I think you're. It's not as competitive. Like I don't think the teams are as good as what everyone kind of thinks. You know, like UNC, Louisville, Duke, all of them. I don't think they're that great. I think Duke. Is the clear front runner here if Riley Leonard's the quarterback? Yeah, I, looking at these teams, uh, I, Louisville's in a situation where while they are probably positioned the best to get that second spot, you know they have the one loss. Uh, it was against Pitt, but they they uh, they have they're healthy right now. They're playing a Duke team that you know they're at home and they have the health advantage. And going forward, it looks like their schedule is a little bit more favorable. Um, but. Uh, 
I just don't actually like this Louisville team that much. They lean on the run a lot, but I'm not a big Jack Plummer guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so His last name's Plummer. Yeah. <laughs> no, you can't be a plumber guy. Yeah, like that's ridiculous. It. No, right. wasn't there a plumber quarterback in the NFL that wasn't like? He well, was, I think like, it was Jake. Complete... Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Plumer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. on like Tennessee or something. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Looking, I, I I think Duke's banged up right now, and I think they would definitely be the second best team. But I, I like their defense. I like how they're coached, and I just think they are the second best team in the ACC. If there's a team I think that could grab that spot, I, I do look at UNC, even though they had the tough loss. It's just a very good offense with Tez Walker now playing with that team. They, they struggled last week, but uh, that, I, I just think that team is probably the most talented. Or if, they're, they, if they stay healthy and Duke doesn't, then I think they'll probably finish ahead of them in the ACC standings. But kind of looking ahead in a hypothetical ACC championship, would you give any other team in the ACC a chance against Florida State? Yeah, I mean, the only team, again, if Duke has a fully healthy Riley Leonard, I'll give him a puncher's chance. I still don't think they would win that game um, because Florida State, I I really like this Florida State team. Um, You know, uh, I feel like Jordan Travis is playing really well. Keon Coleman's been amazing for them. They've got Johnny Wilson back last week. That's a really big, good one-two duo on the outside. You know, they got a great offense, great defense with Jared Verse. I mean, I think they're the class of the ACC. I, I was impressed with how Duke played, though, again, at Tallahassee last week um, when Leonard was healthy in particular. When he was, again, as he, when he wasn't healthy, they didn't really stand a chance. Um, but even with a limping Riley Leonard that clearly wasn't 100% ready to play, they were still fighting with them all the way up till he got hurt. They were still, they had the lead for a big chunk of the game. And some of that, too, was like Florida State messed up a bit. Like they failed on a couple fourth down conversions to give them a 10 nothing lead early. They threw a pretty bad, Travis threw a pretty bad pick six also that helped him out. But I would still give him a puncher's chance just because I, again, kind of as Lucas said, I like Duke's defense a lot. Uh, I like Riley Leonard when, and Duke's offense when he's out there. Um, if it's anybody else, no. I'm just being real. If it's anybody else, I don't, I don't feel like Louisville. Um, has enough gas in the tank. We saw what happened when UNC made the ACC championship last year. I feel like that's exactly what would happen this year if they made it. Um, I just, and then I mean, again, outside of those teams, like I'm just kind of looking at the standings. The next best team, at least record-wise, in the ACC is Virginia Tech. Somehow, it's crazy that we're in a world where Clemson is just not even talked about. Yeah, no, Cle- about yeah, because yeah, Clemson's out of it. Yeah, they're yeah. two and three. That's way too far down to. Make a comeback here, especially because they don't even have the tiebreaker over Duke. Duke's yeah. already beat them, you know. Florida State's beat them already. Yeah, they have some bad losses. <laughs> yeah, they do. Well, yeah, I mean the Duke game. Even though I like Duke, that was that was embarrassing to see them fumble at the five at the five yard line multiple times and miss all those kicks. Yeah. Um, but I just if it's not Duke with a healthy Riley Leonard, then no. If it's Duke with a healthy Riley Leonard, they get a puncher's chance. Yeah, and do. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I think you know Duke with Riley Leonard is really strong. I do, I do like this Duke team. You know, when he's playing on the field, like I said, with their defense, um, and I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I feel like this ACC conference is not as strong as it has been in past years, and. I, I do like Duke to claim it over Louisville. I just think you know the star power is there from this Duke team, and Louisville having that bad loss to Pitt on their record, and you know they, they've just had a, not had a very spectacular standout season to me. Honestly, like I don't know. Like I said, I don't know why they're ranked. So give me Duke for the second spot. You guys say all this right now, but 
Wake's hanging in there against Florida <laughs> State right now. I was going to give a scoreboard update. All the games right now are close. Um, I was about to say Florida, or they're hanging in there, but Florida State literally just scored a touchdown. Yeah. So that's 16 to 7. That's 17 7. 17 7. 17, 7 yeah. Um, so, but I mean, Wake's going to get the ball back. I, mm. I got to see what happens. So Riley's game. picking Wake Forest to beat Florida State. <laughs> Dang, that's not what I said. I think they cover, though, but that's, <laughs> that's the point. Um, <laughs> no, so I think when it comes to if any team has a chance, I think. I think any team has a chance in, in the, like, I really do, like, in college football. In one you, game. In one game? Are you joking right now? Like, that's, I mean, that's what you live for. And then teams can come out fired up. Like, imagine if Duke makes the ACC championship. When's the next time they're going to have a chance to the ACC championship? Probably, like, dude? 10 years. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like this is something that, like, they're not only their fan base. Um, they don't have a fan They don't have a fan base. They don't. Trust me. Hey, hey, I, hey. I saw them. NC State's having a rough year. When State went to Duke, it was a neutral site game at best. Like... Yeah. Um, what's that dude in uh, both teams? Oof, yeah. the yeah. Hangover. Hold on. Oh, you're talking about State, senior Chang. Oh yeah, that that team's what? rough. You're talking about senior Chang. Ken Ken uh, Ken Jong. Ken Jong. Yeah. 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 Ken Jong. <laughs> he's a big. Duke he's fan. a big Duke fan. I mean, don't say they don't have. We a all fan know base. that. Golly, <laughs> Donna from uh, Parks and Rec. If you ever watched that show, yeah. Come on, I I've never Duke. seen that show, but yeah, Donna. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, they have a fan base. I, I think. Uh, no, I. But I'm, that's what I'm saying, though. I think. Duke football, you know, they're not going to have another chance. It means more to them. So, yeah, it means more to them. Same thing with, I mean, I don't know, Louisville, they've won some games before, so I don't know if it means more to them. But still, ACC championship, big game, and I think any team has a chance. If you make the ACC championship, you're deserving of it. And so I think at that point, you have a chance at beating the top team. That's why they have, That's why you play the game. Yeah, I, I I do think there's a chance for some of these teams to beat Florida State in a single-game situation. They've looked vulnerable at times. They've made mistakes. I do think they're a veteran group that's very talented, and they've been battle-tested this year, so I would pick them in any game. But, yeah, I'd give Duke definitely with a healthy roster the best bet. And they have a chance. Maybe they can win some of these games and then get healthy in the back half of the year and be ready for that ACC championship. Uh, but as we close out this segment, wanted to look at Colorado as they go on the road to face the 23rd-ranked UCLA Bruins. Uh, Coach Prime and Colorado are on top of the college football world, but they've fallen back to reality hard after blowing a 29-point lead to Stanford. Do you see Colorado making a bowl in year one of the Sanders? And if they don't make a bowl, is that a failure mm. in your eyes? Mm. I'm just taking a quick look at their schedule. Um, so, it's tough. Yeah, it's, I was going to say, it's a tough schedule. It's tough, yeah, because UCLA, they're playing at UCLA. That's going to be a, a brutal game for Even them. Even Washington State is <laughs> yeah, not easy. Yeah, Washington State's not easy. Arizona might not even be easy. I mean, they, they're they playing better ball. They're playing point. better ball lately. They took, I think, what was it, USC at a double overtime, or is it yeah. triple overtime? It, I'm gonna. Double- I think it was triple overtime. Yeah, they took them to triple overtime. Um, if they look like they did in the beginning of the year, then they got a shot. I mean, they- I think they they could, um, but it's well, going to be tough. What has TCU football even looked like? This TCU's year? been pretty good, and they beat Nebraska, who hasn't been bad this year. Like the, the, their two wins, it's that Colorado State game was bad. Like they they yeah. really should have lost that game, and they just did not look good in that game. And then yeah, since then they haven't really had a great performance. I mean, I think they they might have an outside chance. They'd have to play really well down the stretch, though. I mean, yeah. it helps mm. that Travis Hunter's back, yeah. um, so they do have their top player on the team. But again, it's going to be tough. They'll get, probably have to win Arizona and Washington State. It'll, Unless they su- surprise people, because even like home against Oregon State's going to mm. be really tough at Utah. I don't really know how they'll. I mean, get that one. 
what constitutes a bowl game? Like what? Six wins. They only need. They two need more two more wins. wins. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so they could. I mean, they could do it. They it could, could do happen. It. I. What sucks is for like I know it's like you gotta have six wins or whatever, but what sucks is like we could make a bowl game, and Colorado couldn't. You know, do you know what I'm saying? If like, makes any you, th- sense. you think Colorado's like a better team, but because of their but, but because of their schedule, schedule. Yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, I think like, they deserve a bowl game more than we do. But yeah. I, I will say this though: um, even if they don't make a bowl game, I can't say the season's a failure. Yeah, I, I mean you absolutely can't. Colorado was a mess last year. I think they were one in eleven. One in eleven. Yeah, um, they're already clearly a better football team than they were last year. And anyone just expecting Dion just to walk into that situation and just to fix everything, like, he could, he obviously, the transfer portal will make it a little bit easier on him to bring some of the guys that he knows already into Colorado. But um, that there's still, you can't just use the transfer portal just to fix every single flaw on a bad team. So give him till year three. Um, and if, by year three, if they're struggling to make a bowl, then you could bring that back into the conversation. But right now, it's just you know they they just need to show improvement, and they already have. Yeah, I feel like uh, Coach Prime has done well with what he's you know had to work with with this Colorado team. I feel like people were hyping hyping him up a little too much uh, coming into the season, expecting him to you know compete for the you know a college football playoff. They weren't though. They yeah. the only time they, they started hyping after him up was TCU. after they beat TCU. Yeah. Like yes. mm-hmm. but coming into the season, it was like. The, there was no expectation of a bowl, and now obviously yeah. the fact that we're having right. this conversation right. shows that this season is not a failure. Yes, exactly. You know what I'm saying? The fact that it's like, oh, well, if they don't make a bowl, is it a failure? Like the fact that we're even having this conversation shows how good of a job he did with this team. Because at the beginning of the year, I totally remember us talking about Colorado against TCU, and it was like, this is going to be a blowout, dude. TCU yep. is killing them. Yep. And then like we I did actually pick Colorado. Watched, what? I did pick Colorado. Weekend. Well, I know, oh, I know, I'm but not, you know what I'm, I'm saying? Just, I'm like, it was like over. I'm not even talking about just this show. Like, I'm no, you're about, 100% like, right. Yeah. And it's the media, too. It was a general, like, it, Deion Sanders took his victory lap after that TCU win, but he was mm-hmm. saying, like, you all said we were going to be terrible this year. You, there was articles written about how bad Colorado was going to be, that, like, they're one in eleven last year. Deion's not going to turn this program around that quickly. Like he's all exceeded this stuff. all expectations. Getting four, just the fact that they were three and out. Oh, that's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, like, yeah. That's... No, the fact that they're having this conversation is is huge. And I mm-hmm. think I think like this is such a positive note. Even if they win one game the rest of the year, it's such a positive like for the year. They won what one game all last year. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, you just got to keep building. As long as you see forward progress, you're you're good. I mean, as soon as you start, if they go out next year and have another a four win season or something, then you can start talking talking about how, you know, what are we going to do? You have to you have like a third year prove it type of year. But uh, you know, I don't I don't see that happening with this Colorado team. The, the more I see them play, and the more I see Coach Prime actually coach. Why wouldn't you want to go to this program? I mean, personally, mm. if I were getting recruited by teams and Coach Prime came to my house and said, hey, we want you, dude, I mean, I, I'm going. It's an honor. Well, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Like, I was going to say, it's an honor. Like, that's a tough, mm-hmm. like, I'm putting Colorado up there just because it's Coach Prime up there with, you know, other, like, Oregon and Texas and all these other teams I'm being recruited with. Like, I'm, I'm serious about that. Yeah, I, I think you still have some eligibility left because my next question is, you look at Shadur Sanders and he's had a fantastic season so far in his alone season at Colorado, so much so that his name has risen up the projected draft boards. And Dion has publicly stated that Shadur will return to Colorado, but with his stock rising, 
Do you think that will change in Riley? I mean, if it does change, it looks like you might get recruited there. I mean, you were slinging it when we were playing. <laughs> yeah, I we'll see. I might need you <laughs> next year. But. I mean, yeah. I mean, Prime came to my door. I'd have to. I'd have to think about it. Still got four years eligibility, I think. Um, low key, if Joey Aguilar has a bad game today, you're ready to go. I am. I actually have the yeah, arms ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I talked to. I talked to some. You got guys. the cleats. It, they they provide everything for it. me. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah, get yeah. It. I mean, I'm a student. I mean, why like, yeah. just shove me in there? I mean, you're going to be in the vicinity, you know, uh, of the field. I'll come yeah. down from the seventh floor halftime. There you I'll go, say, Adam. I got to go, <laughs> dude. But I'll let you. I mean, you can say my name from the from the from the booth. You know, yeah. what I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure you would respect that decision. Yeah, he would. Yeah. Um, just the PA announcer will announce Riley Riley Carlson <laughs> to the field. Yeah, he's starting quarterback. <laughs> I just get my ribs like cracked, get booed. <laughs> get this man get him off, off the, the field. field. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> but, uh, not looking at Schroeder though. Uh, do, do you see him as? Do you, do you think he will go this year? Um, no, I wouldn't no. if I were him. Mm. I mean, like, I think next year you have a better chance of playing bigger games with a better team. I, I would stay personally. I mean, why would you leave? He's making the most NIL money of any player. Yeah, come today. on. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, More than Caleb Williams? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like he's been worshipped with this Colorado program, so why leave? I, I feel like you need to trust your father, trust the process, and know that you're probably going to get better year in and year out. This is just the first year of your dad taking over this team, this one-win team from a year ago, and he's making this team better. And he's getting the players, he's getting the playmakers in there from the transfer portal. So I think Shadur should stay with this team and trust the process with his dad at the helmet, head coach. Yeah, I mean, just also hearing that he's making the most NIL money, like he's probably not going to get a significant enough raise from being... He's going to lose money. Yeah, he's probably going to lose money going to the NFL, being a late-round, first-round pick, uh, to go to probably a worse situation than he's in right now in Colorado because mm. he's going to have another year. He's already proven he's going to be a... He's, that he's a great player at this level. He's got, His team's going to get better. He's got his dad coaching him. Like uh, He really shouldn't declare for the draft well, right now. And, got, yeah, I mean, you just got to mm. play, man. I mean, what's the... Uh, like... If There's no a, guarantee the NFL's going to work. NFL's cutthroat. I mean, you don't perform mm. and you're you're gone. And so that's a big risk going to the NFL. Personally, you, you make that money over at Colorado and then you go to the NFL. I mean, you're not good enough to be a first-round pick. The one thing is you got to look at the long-term money. And if he is, like at the end of the season, if he continues to play well and then draft boards have him as a projected, I, I don't know if he'll get there, but he's close to it now, like a first-round pick. Like He, he mm-hmm. could be a second-round pick if he left right now. Second or third, I think, is where he's being projected. But if he continues to climb, you could look at it as a long-term thing where you know, you're know you getting that rookie contract that last three, four years of you getting paid that higher first-round salary. But it's yeah, true. He's, he's making a ridiculous amount right now. I have the top 10 NIL athletes. Number one, Bronny James. Uh, he's at five point nine million. Has not played a single game, <laughs> and he's, and he's making, not even like that good. He's, yeah, he's making six million dollars. Uh, Am I wrong about that one? Like he's not that. Like he's. Not, I mean, he's good, he's, he's but he's good. not like. Yeah. No, he's he not shouldn't about, like, be the top NIL. He's not yeah. generational over here. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think that's mm. a fair take. And then yeah, mm. Shadur's number two at four point eight million. Mm. Livy Dunn three point two million. Oh, of course. Uh, yeah, Archie sense. Manning two point eight, and then Caleb Williams also at two point eight. What? Uh, Who's Archie Manning play for? In Texas. Texas. Yeah, oh, but he's, he's, he's going to redshirt this year. I was about yeah. to say. Yeah, he's, he's gonna... nice though. Like I saw his high school mm. highlights. Yeah, no. Yeah, he is. He's going to be good. He it's should just, be. Yeah, it's just Quinn Ewers is there right now, so you know they'll they'll be patient with him. Dude, imagine, <laughs> imagine just making four point eight million dollars for as a college at, Like, <laughs> yeah. what do you do with 
that, man. Yeah. I mean, well, I guess you just well, he was he's courtside. No, he's courtside Nuggets. So that's what you do. <laughs> that's no. You do some of that. Putting that money to good use. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, but <laughs> yeah, that that'll do it for our look around the college football world segment. And when we return, we will go over our pickums and close out the show. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to the 90.5 WSU Game Day Show. Appalachian State University's The Schaefer Center presents series features, Indigenous Enterprise, a Native American dance troupe showcasing their cultural heritage through dance and song. November 16th at 7 p.m. Information at theschafercenter.org. The Henderson Springs LGBT Center strives to create a space where everyone can feel safe. The center serves as a community resource to empower, educate, and affirm LGBTQ people, allies, and advocates. It is completely volunteer-run, and everyone is trained to assess the needs of individuals. To find out more, visit room 106 in the Plemons Student Union or email lgbt at appstate.edu. Hey students, Dino's Den Moving here, your one source for packing and moving out or in at ASU. Our phone number is 336-990-9480, or you can email us. Just look for Dino's Den Moving online. Help out mom and dad. Your deposit today reserves your spot in December. We also have all the U-Haul trucks, trailers, and supplies you need for moving. $50 off your move if you mention this ad, and reserve your spot by November 15th. Dino's Den Moving, 336-990-9480. The Multicultural Center at Appalachian State encourages respect and appreciation of every diverse group and promotes the uniqueness of every culture. The center cultivates an inclusive environment where the basis of multicultural interaction is formed through respect, communication, and cooperation. To find out more, visit Room 112 in the Plymouth Student Union or email multiculturalcenter at appstate.edu. This is Ryan Hendricks here with 90.5 WSU, the App FM, here with tight end Miller Gibbs. Miller, what year and major are you? I am a sixth-year senior, so basically which means I don't want to grow up. I've been here a while, <laughs> um, and my major is business management. All right, awesome, man. All right, so what were some of the challenges for coming from a, recovering from an injury early this season? Oh, man. Uh, I'm really thankful for it in the end. Uh, I've never really I had a concussion once in 2020, uh, torn PCL once in 2021. Both I only missed one game. So this was the first injury I really had to work through. Um, and really what the Lord taught me through it was being less selfish um, and being able to cheer for my teammates, being able to cheer for David Larkins, being able to cheer for Eli Wilson. They both have stepped up in amazing ways. And so uh, I'm happy to be back. I'm just thankful to be out there in my last season. Um, and, yeah, just getting in the rotation has been a blessing. Um, I've been healed up pretty well. Uh, got the brace on still. But, yeah, I really just uh, learned how to be a better teammate through it. So I'm, I'm thankful for it in the end. After a few tough losses, how does the team refocus going into this week? Um, we don't we don't look too far down the road, uh, and by that we don't look down the road at all. We look at the team we've got. Um, so we're focused completely on that team in black and gold. Um, Earl came the other day, and he said, "We don't let someone who wears our colors come in here and beat us." So we're focused on that right now, um, and really just enjoying it uh, and, and making the most of every week. Um, it's it's been. Really, really tough, obviously, these past two games, um, losing by so little. Uh, but there's nothing you can do but strap your helmet back on and keep going to work. All right. As one of the older guys on the team, how did your experience help the younger guys? Um, 
I think for me personally, uh, there are six-year guys in the team, but I'm the only six-year guy who's been here through their whole tenure. So I was here in 2018, 2019, those championship football teams, uh, and just kind of taking lessons that I've learned from the legends of the past, like Jordan Fair, uh, you remember like Akeem Davis-Gaither, um, Zach Thomas, those guys, uh, Noah Hannon. Um, I was able, I was fortunate enough to learn uh, traits of the greats, and so being able to pass that on to these younger guys has been a blessing. If you had to line up against anyone on defense in practice, who do you? Who's your favorite guy to line up against? <laughs> uh, not number seven, Andrew Parker. He'll bring the heat every play. <laughs> so that's who I don't want to line up against. Um, I love lining up against Cole Becker. Uh, he's my roommate. He's uh, <laughs> he's a younger guy, but he's going to be a great player here one day, and we always have fun out there. And Jackson Green. I'll throw that one in there too. All right, so let's get to the fun ones real fast. Favorite fall activity? Favorite fall activity? You can't quite ski yet. Uh, I mean, you know me, I'm playing ball in the fall, but right. <laughs> other than that, uh, hitting the links on Mondays are our off days, so hitting Boone Golf Club is, is, the, is the thing I like to do. I mean, favorite scary movie? Oh, I'm a wuss. I don't like scary movies. <laughs> uh, I see this one movie, Get Out. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. yeah Get Out. I, I like that. So I don't like, like, demonic scary stuff. I can't ever get into that, but if it's a suspense thriller, I can do that. <laughs> All right. What would you be for Halloween? Ooh, I want to hear your answer after this. <laughs> I'd probably say uh, something Star Wars. Give me a little Darth Vader action. What about you, Ryan? Okay, I'll doubt the final. I'm still, I'm still figuring it out. I'm still figuring it out. Hey, funniest dude on the offense? Um, shoot, <laughs> we got so many characters. Um, I'd say Jack Murphy, the jolly O lineman. I always laugh. <laughs> he's hilarious. If you had a chance to talk to him, he's so funny. <laughs> All right, man. The last one, Celebrity Crush. Oh, Celebrity Crush. <laughs> so, I don't know if you saw, there was a TikTok that went viral last year. I don't know if you saw it, where I said Ariana Grande, but when she was on Sam and Cat, and I got a lot of flack for that. <laughs> but it was my childhood crush. I didn't clarify that. Right. <laughs> but uh, I, I had to change my answer now, and now I'm saying uh, Stevie Nicks in her prime. Look her up. Come on okay, now. Okay, okay. She's, she's the singer for Fleetwood Mac. I don't know if you're a fan of that, but... (laughs) Thank you so much, Miller. Good luck this Saturday. I appreciate it, Doug. Welcome back to the 90.5 WSU Game Day Show. And you were listening to Ryan Hendricks interviewing Miller Gibbs, tight end for the Mountaineers. He's been struggling with some injuries this season, but... He, he's gotten healthy these past couple games. He saw the field against ODU. Didn't record a catch, but hopefully he can get some action today against the Golden Eagles. But on the final segment of our pregame show, we will be picking games all across the college football world. Uh, we'll, we'll give our quick reasoning, but uh, we'll run through these. So first game on the slate uh, at 3.30 kickoff, the Oregon Ducks go on the road to face the Utah Utes. We talked about this game, but but what's your official pick? We'll start with you, Nick. Um, yeah, again, we talked about this. This is going to be a really good football game, I think. You know, Oregon's high-powered offense versus Utah's defense. I do feel like Oregon will just have a little bit too much for Utah, though. It'll be a tight game, but I'm going with the Ducks. Yeah, um, I think I'm going to change course from earlier. I don't always do this, but I feel like Oregon, their offense has been on fire recently. We talked about Bo Nix. We talked about this offense. So I feel like Oregon will find a way, even though the crowd in Utah is going to be rocking today. College game day is there today. I just I feel like Oregon has enough to get it done on offense. Um, yeah, Oregon wins this one, plain and simple. I think Oregon's just the better team. 
I'll have fun on the pregame show. I'm going to say the home crowd of Utah um, makes Bo Nix think a little bit and revert back mm. to his Auburn days. Okay. I'm going to say the Utah Utes get another big win and surprisingly stay on top of the Pac-12 or right behind Washington. But stay in that championship range. I think they get the big win. Uh, now we'll switch gears and go to ACC and we'll talk. We'll pick Duke on the road against Louisville. We talked about this game as well, but what's your official pick, Riley? I, I mean, I got Duke either way. Actually, I, I don't like Louisville that much. I don't think I don't think they're that great of a team, and um, I just have a feeling like I have a better feeling about Duke if that makes any sense. So I'm going to go with my gut. Whether Riley Leonard plays or not, I'm going to go Duke. Yeah, Louisville's a joke of a number 18th ranked team. I mean, come on now, you know, coming off a loss to a pit team that had only one win coming into their last game. I mean, that's just just uh, this Louisville team stick to playing basketball, Louisville. I will just say that for the record. Give me Duke in this game. I believe in this defense. I believe in Riley Leonard. Oh, I alluded to it earlier, but this is like normally a really good basketball matchup. I don't know if you want Louisville to stick to basketball after last year. Yeah, they were pretty. Yeah, we beat them. We last beat year. them last year. Um, you know, and they they're better basketball school though. And historically, general, historically, historically, yes, historically, that's yes. what I was alluding to. Um, but yeah, I, I have to agree with both Riley and Andrew here, especially if Riley Leonard plays. I feel like Duke is pretty clearly the second best team in the ACC um, Louisville I don't think they're a bad team I think you know it's impressive that they're this good right away with a new coach and everything but I just I don't have faith that they'll be able to move the ball on Duke um, so that's why I'm going to pick the Blue Devils yeah you alluded to it Andrew but I'm not a big believer in this Louisville team they had the tough loss to Pitt and then you look at their big win that got them ranked is that Notre Dame win but it's a little bit of a fluky win Sam Hartman has a terrible day throwing three interceptions uh, that really contributed to that loss the game got kind of out of hand for Notre Dame early in that one it really just did feel like a Mickey Mouse wing well, going off that I will that say point. too for whatever reason I don't know what curse Sam Hartman has on Louisville or Louisville has on Sam Hartman yeah. the last it's two sucked. games that he's played against Louisville He's had like the worst days of his whole football career, yeah, which I just I just wanted to throw that out there that it was just something I, I noticed and I thought was a little weird because I remember last year Wake Forest was like top ten expected to be really yeah, good and then they just went to Louisville and Sam Hartman had the worst game of his life. Yeah, it's something about Kentucky. Sam Hartman just doesn't mm. do well in that state. But uh, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna go with the Duke Blue Devils here. I just think Louisville. It's kind of, they're, they're a team that was undefeated because they had an easy schedule, then they get the big win but no, against Notre Dame. But I think they'll have some losses down the stretch that will even them out. But now we're going to look at a group of five matchup. The Tulane Green Wave ranked again with just one loss on the road to face Rice and JT Daniels. Uh, so who you got in this one? Yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting. Like, I was going to bring this up if you didn't bring it up, Lucas, but... Uh, I kind of forgot for a second JT Daniels yeah. was playing for Rice. Like he's his what, fourth school. Or yeah, I was gonna like say so it is his fourth school. He went from USC mm. to uh, Georgia. Then he went from Georgia to uh, what was it? West, West Virginia, Virginia, and yeah. then oh, to Rice. What a terrible! Talk about a downgrade. Yeah, yeah no, he's, every year. Dude, 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 dude. he's yeah. losing the starting job everywhere. Um, but he is having a good dude. year for Rice. I'll give him that. He's having a solid <laughs> year. Uh, so good for him. 
Tulane, I think, is the better football team, though, so I'm going to go with them. It's having a good year for Rice, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, oh, man. Yeah. I feel like there, there's a reason Tulane's ranked. Uh, you have Michael Pratt. He's thrown 12 touchdowns this season. He's clearly the front runner uh, in the American Conference in terms of quarterbacks. I like the running back, McKeel um, uh, Hughes. Uh, he has five touchdowns on the season as well. So I think this Tulane uh, team has a very high-powered offense, and I like them to get this win in this American Conference matchup. I'm not going to lie, y'all. I just, I just hopped on this show. And I don't know what y'all know. I don't know what y'all know about Tulane or Rice football, (laughs) but uh, I mean, maybe you know more about Tulane. But I don't know what y'all know about Rice football personally. I got Tulane personally just because I trust the program, but I I honestly don't know anything about these two teams. Yeah, Tulane's a high uh, offensive team, and they were led by quarterback Michael Pratt last year. Uh, It looks like they're killing every team that they're playing. To be yeah, they were really good last. They were really good last last year. year. I believe their one loss is against a good opponent this year, Uh, and they beat USC by one last year. Yeah, that's wild. In the the Mm -hmm. Cotton Bowl, I believe. Mm -hmm. Who's their one loss this year? I got got you. Is it Ole Miss? Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. They lost by Ole Miss to seven. Even that wasn't that was a tight game. Game too. I remember yeah. seeing it. it. The score may not reflect it, but Ole Miss had some trouble getting away from them. Yeah, Tulane looks like the for sure team here. That's why I'm going to pick Rice. JT Daniels gets his big win <laughs> on, in the Rice uniform at home yes. under the bright rice lights. Uniform. Someone, yes. someone pick Rice, yeah, dude. You know, Let's go. I mean, you don't want to play in Rice. You know, I don't even know where <laughs> your, it is. But what's your favorite type of Rice? That's a tough. I mean, I'm honestly just a white rice kind of guy. I just love rice and beans. It's like a go-to. But white rice, not going to be boring. I like, guess kinda like jasmine. Jasmine. Uh, what Jasmine's is it? Bos- I don't know. Basmati or the something. Rice my mom makes Spanish rice. I guess. Oh, that's like good that. stuff. Yeah. yeah. My favorite rice is a uh, fried rice. I like dirty rice from Bojangles. Oh, Ooh, dirty yeah, rice you is put great. The sauce on that. that's in there. You could do yeah. anything with rice, man. Oh, no. It's great. Yeah. I had a yeah. class one time where we had to bring in food from our heritage, and I just got a tailgate-sized dirty rice and put it in a Tupperware. And the <laughs> teacher didn't know, but then one of the girls was like, "It kind of tastes like bone jangles dirty rice. I was like, shut up. <laughs> they didn't, the teacher didn't say anything. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's got a really big thing of dirty rice. Uh, now, <laughs> jumping to the SEC, the Tennessee Vols are going on the road to face the Kentucky Wildcats, two suspect teams with good records but not great wins. Mm. Who you got in this one? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i going to be honest, the last couple of weeks I lost a lot of faith in Kentucky. Uh, I thought they were a good football team going into Georgia, and then I watched that Georgia game, and uh, Georgia is obviously a number one team in the country, but that was that was a rough game to watch. Um, and then they turn around and they get beat pretty bad by Missouri. Hey, right Missouri's a good football team. Missouri's good. Yeah, they're both good, but... You want I, them to be more competitive. Yeah, I want them to be more competitive with these teams. Um yeah, and, and I mean Tennessee throughout the year. I mean, uh, they had a pretty bad loss to Florida, but Alabama. I thought they looked pretty good throughout the game. They were actually sticking with them more than I thought they would going into that matchup. Obviously, they still lost, but yeah. it's at Alabama, and I feel like that's more excusable. They've been a better team, at least statistically, offensively and defensively, right now. And I just I have a little bit more faith in the Volunteers, so I'm going to pick Tennessee. Yeah, um, th- on paper, this matchup really looks pretty even. Um, as far as like records, uh, overall and conference records are pretty much even on both sides. Um, I do like Joe Milton uh, for this Tennessee team. Uh, he's Ugh. looked really good. He's he's got he's got twelve Ugh. touchdown passes, but 
I don't believe in him enough to win this game, so I, I like the, I like the Wildcats of Kentucky here. Devin Leary has been playing pretty well since transferring Ooh, from yeah. NC State. So, oh, well, okay, you did not watch the Georgia game. Ah, uh, well, hey, yeah, yeah well, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say I just I don't like either team, so give me Kentucky in this. I I, I just I feel like both of these teams are really kind of in the middle of the SEC right now and really not playing for much. I don't, so I don't believe in. Um... Tennessee very much and Joe Milton. I don't think Joe Milton is that great of a quarterback. I think I think he has all the talent in the world. Mm-hmm. Trust me. I mean, he has the most talent maybe in college football when it comes to having an arm. Mm. Um, but ever since two years ago, dude, this Kentucky team, I cannot ever, ever, ever root for Kentucky until they get rid of Devin Leary because I Devin Leary, to me, I just can't stand <laughs> in every way. And I don't know why, but no, no, no. I do know why. It's because every single person tends to overrate him every single year for no reason. I remember, what was it last year or two years ago? He was supposed. To, I think it might have been last year. He was supposed to like. He was supposed to win Heisman. Well, like, last at the year, beginning of the year. Was, hey, ACC player like, uh, of the year. Yeah. He did have a good year the year before, but yeah, last year he was supposed he, to do that. The beginning of the year, like, all right, he's going to win Heisman, and literally four games in, five games in, people are still like, "Well, give him some time." Like, I still think he has a chance at Heisman this year, and I'm like, this guy is. This guy is a bona fide scrub. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he can't play. Stephen A. Smith. He is not a good football player, and I don't think he can lead Kentucky. I mean, their offense is forever going to look bad with him at the helm, and any quarterback or any team with Devin Leary at the helm is not going to look like a good offense. He makes terrible decisions, terrible reads. He's 10 for 26 against Georgia. I mean, Georgia's a great defense, but just not a good quarterback, in my opinion. I have to go with Tennessee. Yeah, Leary's been tough. He, he's missed a lot of throws this year. He hasn't been accurate. Has, hold on, hold on. There's there's mm. a stat. You, you say what you're you're gonna say, but I I would say Kentucky in this game. Tennessee is bad. I don't like Tennessee. Mm. Their best win is against Texas A&M at home, twenty to thirteen. Besides that, they got beat by Florida real bad. They got beat by Alabama last week. I think Kentucky runs all over this Vols defense. At least Kentucky has that side of their game. I can trust they they will run the ball well. But yeah, I, I just. This Tennessee team, I just don't think is very good. I just don't trust Joe Milton to run a successful offense. If you're saying your biggest wins against Texas A&M, I mean, that, that's not saying much. Yeah, and it's a seven-point game at home. I mean, Texas exactly, A&M isn't yeah. bad, but yeah, it's just... Yeah, it's just, it's not as big of a win. They're an underwhelming ranked team. Right, um, right. Mm-hmm. Did you have that stat you want to pull up? Hold on, I'm calculating. I'll, <laughs> I'll tell let you, you guys I'll let in you a keep second. It cooking. I'll swing it to the next game. Got a Big Twelve matchup: Ohio State on the road to face Wisconsin. Do you give the Badgers a chance in this one, Nick? Yeah, I mean it is in Wisconsin that helps, but I feel like Ohio State's just been the better football team. I mean Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be like a top five receiver in this upcoming NFL draft. He's a super talented wide receiver. It feels like Ohio State's just become a wide receiver factory. Yeah. You know, over the last few years. Um, and, I mean, just after watching them, I mean, Penn State, I think, is struggling a little bit more right now than I expected them to against Indiana, but that's still an impressive win for Ohio State. They uh, Their defense made that Penn State offense look anemic. Mm. And I just, I, I feel like Ohio State, they're, they're still going to comfortably win this game. Yeah. Um,. Yeah, I think Ohio State is going to continue. Uh, they've looked great in the Big Ten this season, and I, I, I have liked how they've looked recently. Um, I just think this Wisconsin team really hasn't lived up to the hype this season, and they've honestly just looked really weak, which I don't think a lot of people were expecting Yeah, So give me the Buckeyes. They're ranked third in the country for a reason, and I think they'll get it done today in Wisconsin. Uh, give me the Buckeyes. Still looking at the stat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Riley's hard at work. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep it rolling. 
give me the Badgers. You know, I think Ohio State comes in high off a Penn State win, but this is a team that still has some flaws, a young quarterback. Uh, I think they maybe get caught off guard. I'm going to pick Wisconsin to win just because it's fun, but I think it will be a closer game than people imagine. Uh, but now we're going to go back to the Pac-12, and we're going to talk about that game. Colorado at UCLA. Will Dion get a win and possibly sneak his team to bowl? Eligibility, or will UCLA trample the Buffaloes? I got my stat, by the way. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Um, Devin Leary, to begin to begin the year, has an, had an interception against Ball State. Yeah. Had an interception yeah. against Eastern Kentucky. Had an interception against Akron. These are I'm just going down the list of the games they played. Had two interceptions against Vandy. Was able to take care of the ball against Florida. Was able to take care of the ball against Georgia, which is crazy. And then had two interceptions against Missouri. So he does not take care of the ball whatsoever, and that's that's my biggest thing with him. Like he he always throws picks. I will say I don't hate Leary as much as Riley does, but <laughs> in that Georgia game, even though he didn't turn the ball over, he was bad. He, he missed terrible a mm. ton of throws mm-hmm. that could have made that game way closer than it was. Like in particular, the beginning of the game, Kentucky. I think it was a third and long. Yeah. Off the top of my head, they could have been right back in the game. It, it might have been wide open, yeah, seven to exactly nothing. To they had someone. Like running wide open on a corner route, and he would have gotten easily in for the touchdown as long as Devin didn't overthrow him, and he overthrew him. You know what's funny is I've never even seen an interview with him or anything. He could be, like, a really good guy. I guess, like, I'm just saying what annoys me about him is, like, how many people still think he's, like, capable of starting for, like, an SEC school. I don't think he's... I don't think he's there. Like I think he loses games more than he wins. But anyways, that's besides the point. Yeah. So I'll you can't just... win with two interceptions in a game. You can't. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I will. So just going back on topic with Colorado UCLA. I know we talked about Colorado a little bit earlier. I still think they're having a good year, um, and especially for what's expected out of them. Uh, but after watching them against Stanford and watching them the last couple of weeks. Um, they might fight to keep it competitive with some of the talent they have at their skill positions, but UCLA at UCLA is going to be a little bit too much for them, I think, so give me the Bruins. Yeah, I, I like UCLA in this one. They're playing at the Rose Bowl in Los Angeles in front of their home fans. Uh, I do like that. Uh, Colorado, uh, they haven't looked great in their past couple games. Still have looked uh, pretty decent, just not enough to pull out their past couple games. So I like the Bruins in this one. Carson Steele has really impressed me on the ground this season. Six touchdowns so far this season, so give me the Bruins. Um, you know what? I think this is actually looking at their upcoming schedule. I think it was one of those... I don't want to say must win, but very important game for Colorado considering they play much tougher competition coming up. And um, and I honestly think Washington State's a harder game than UCLA. I think Colorado comes in and actually beats this UCLA team, especially after you know getting embarrassed against Stanford. I think they're coming out firing. Yeah, I, I, I'm just going to disagree with all my takes yesterday on the pick actual pick But yeah, I'm going to go with Colorado again here. I just think they'll be... You know, I, I don't like the I like how they're coming into this game. They have the bye. They were on I think at very lowest you could be. Uh, you hit rock bottom against Sanford two weeks ago. I, I think they bounce back and they beat UCLA. And then the game we will all be at in about a little under two hours. Uh, the Southern Miss Golden Eagles on the road in Kid Brewer Stadium against our App State Mountaineers. We've been cursed this year by the curse of the boat race. But uh, it's already been said, so I'm going to say it. Will this be the boat race? Will App State win? Um, I'm not going to go as far to say, oh, it will be a boat race or anything. I'm not going to say that. Um, cause I love how serious Nick takes the, yeah, takes the boat race. I can't yeah. say it. Yeah, yeah no. Um, 
App State, I mean, I know they've struggled a lot. I know that they've, you know, they've had a bunch of tough losses, 4-1 score losses this year. Despite that, they're better than the Southern Miss team. Like, Southern Miss this year, they're bottom 25, might be, I think there was a poll we saw where they were second worst team in all of FBS right now. Yeah. Um, and this, at home, it will be another sellout crowd. We got some loyal fans for the Mountaineers here. Um, Fantastic fan base. Yes. Absolutely. Um, and this is a game, I, I feel like it might be similar to ECU. ECU turned out not to be a good football team, where there might be a chance where App might keep them in the game longer than they really should be. Um, but App has zero business losing this game, so give me the Mountaineers. Yeah, I feel like if the Mountaineers are going to pull this game out, a lot's got to go right. They've got to right a lot of the stuff that's been going wrong for them, self-induced mistakes being the biggest thing. And I just feel like if they can right the ship this week, offense and defense, granted a lot's got to change, but I feel like this is a good get-right game for the Mountaineers, and I think they're going to make the comeback this week and beat the Golden Eagles of Southern Miss, one of the worst teams in the Sunbelt Conference and all of FBS. Now, Riley, before... I- I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I want to clarify something. Riley made the bold choice last weekend and actually picked against the Mountaineers. It, I was just about to it say It rarely that. happens. Just and I give you credit. You, you did it, and you got oh, it right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So knowing that you have, you know, you're not just some, you know, fan that sees is blind when they look at his team. Yeah. You'll pick against them. Do you think they win this game? Uh, well, you know, it's crazy. I've actually picked every App State game right this, this year, year yeah. so far. And what I will say um, with this team is, and I completely disagree with you, Andrew. I I hate to say it. When it comes to everything has to go right, I think a lot can go wrong in this game, and we're still going to pull it out. Southern Miss is a terrible team. I think you're at home, too. You're not losing this game, which is, you know, if we play bad, I— I don't know how to feel about this team, dude. It gives me stress, honestly. Um, I think I think I think we win this game, but not because we kill them or we are clearly the better. Well, clearly the better team. We're clearly more talented. I think we're more talented than Southern Miss, but I don't know if we are the better run overall team. I mean, we have so many mistakes and so many things to clear up at the midpoint of the season. It's wild. Like, this is stuff that you should be clearing up after game one, and it's mm. like, we don't know who we are. I don't even know if we know who the the identity of this offense is, to be completely honest. Like, do we know who we are as a team? Like, how we play? Like, historically, we've been a running style team. I, I don't know what we what we honestly are. We're going to come out looking different every single game, and I think that's a problem. Like, I think when you when things go tough and you're a good team's go back to their bread and butter, and we don't have a bread and butter. But with all that being said, I think App State wins this game, and you have to win this game moving forward, especially with the schedule coming up. Um, and maybe it is. Maybe it's a get-right game, and maybe we figure some stuff out because, you know, I think if this team has any heart at all, this is this is actually a testament to see if this team has heart because if they have any heart at all, they're going to come out with their heads on fire, and they're going to absolutely destroy this. Southern. I mean, I'm, I'm not talking about, like, we win by 10, we win by 13, we win by... A sizable. I'm saying 25, 30 points. If you if you have any type of heart at all, App State comes out here with their heads on fire and just destroys the Southern Miss team. But if they keep it close the whole time, you know that App State's kind of. I don't want to say I don't want to say given up, but they've they've they are not their hearts aren't into the, into 
this season. Yeah, Riley, I, I will say this. The past two weeks, I've appreciated your honesty about these matchups for App State because I feel like you just you get down to it and you know, you, you go like where no other App State fan will go, and that's you know dissecting pretty much everything, and you know kind of how this season's played out. So I just I just wanted to say I appreciate the honesty here. I, I don't know about all that. That was, that was <laughs> wild, but uh, yeah, no, I I mean I it's I used to be a very optimistic fan with like the Panthers and stuff and yes. the Hornets, and they've disappointed me so many times. To right. now, I feel like I'm more of a realist, which is so sad. Like, It'll teach you. Like, I mean, being fans me, of those teams, I it will teach you. The, I will say that. The kid in me has like completely died when watching sports. It's like <laughs> it's like you like actually watch the sports and you're like like unless my team's really good. Like if App State was undefeated right now, I would say we like I would never predict us to lose a game. You know what I'm saying? But they've yeah. showed too many flaws. Like I don't know. Yeah, it's, they've worn you down, and mm. I don't love the energy in this room. So I'm gonna pump us up. I know Ryan's been wrong. I know we've all been wrong. But this is the week we're going to get that. Let's go. Ways. It's got to happen. Mm-hmm. And this is yep. the week we're going to do yep. it. Southern Miss is terrible. You Come know, on. We, we, we've had <laughs> good performances, especially offensively. Boom. The defense just needs to put it all together. Oh. We're at home. Yep. Sellout crowd. It's beautiful okay. right now. It's 70 degrees. It's the middle of fall. The, <laughs> the, the trees are beautiful. Yeah. Couldn't have asked for a better day. I mean, you're going to look over and you're going to see the, the colors of the leaves. Upstate fans are going to be happy. <laughs> Everyone's going to oh, be happy. No. It's gonna happen. <laughs> Give me del- the boat race, guys. We're delusional. And if not, if not, at least we will have a montage of every week we pick a boat race and it doesn't happen. But I think this is the week it happens. Okay, Look how- it's gonna. I love the confidence exuding out of this man. Okay. I'm calling the game with this man today. I, I call, love the confidence. I want to yeah. call a lot of App State touchdowns today, <laughs> and that's what's gonna happen. Yeah. As a fan base, it's just so funny. Like looking at and how like it's just hilarious. Like we've gotten to the point where like it's 70 degrees outside today and. And look at the look at the leaves, dude. Like, come yeah. on, like, bro. If you don't see the leaves outside, you don't believe in App State football. That's App State football, right, right there. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. But I do hope it happens. I really do. Like, I hope we kill this team. It would no. be awesome because we need that. Like, for morale's sake. Like, we don't need to win by ten or seven. We need to win by. 25. Yeah, it's funny because I feel like there's a, a flow of App State fans like these last two weeks where it's like, you know, you, know you, you get to game day, you're all excited, you're juiced up for game day, and you're hoping this is the week everything comes together, and then it falls down, and you have the really depressed couple days where you're just fire everyone, get rid of everything, we're yeah. terrible, <laughs> and then it starts to creep your way back, and you're like, well, we're playing Southern Miss, they're pretty bad, and then, oh, you know, Aguilar had a good game last week, you and then by, by game day to next week, we're all in again, and I'm well, all in. I want these Mountaineers. Look to at the time. look at the Sun Belt Conference. Like I'm not gonna like. I mean, I guess don't look now. Like close your eyes a little bit. Like is App State the Don't Look Now team? But App State, I'm telling you, App State has a chance there's at the a Sun Belt Conference. So there's there's a path, yeah. just like the Panthers. Mm. Uh, but no, there is a path. Like seriously, because Georgia State lost against Georgia Southern, and like I didn't see that coming. And I like as long as JMU can't win it, we're open. We could exactly. still win. There is a chance at us not even just winning, but getting to. The game, like that's all that really matters. Like, yeah. get there and then try to win it. I think. I mean, I there's a there's a chance. Hmm. We have we have completely turned, and now we are fully delusional again. But <laughs> I think it'll happen today. I'm hoping, but I think that'll do it for the 90.5 WASU pregame show. I'm your host Lucas Warren, and I am joined by Nick Goodman. Andrew Travers and Riley Carlson will make our way to Kid Brewer Stadium. So be sure to join us at three o'clock. For App State versus Georgia or Southern Miss, and thank you for listening. And I'll return you now to your regularly scheduled music. Boat race.